Hey, folks, I know there are lots of business owners who listen to this show. Maybe some of you never planned on running a business, but now here you are. One thing you've always got to keep in mind is how much you're spending on your operating costs. That's one of the first things we had to keep in mind with WTF. And with things costing more today than they did when we started, you want to keep your expenses down. To reduce costs and headaches, be smart and use NetSuite by Oracle, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. Reduce IT costs, cut the costs of maintaining multiple systems, improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash WTF for more. That's netsuite, N-E-T-S-U-I-T-E dot com slash WTF. Lock the gate! All right, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck, buddies? What the fuck, Nicks? What the fucksters? What's happening? I'm Mark Marin. This is my podcast, WTF. Welcome to it. Today on the show, I talked to Daniel Kaluuya. Um, you know him from the films Get Out, Black Panther, Queen, and Slim. He won a Golden Globe for his portrayal of Fred Hampton in Judas and the Black Messiah. And he's nominated for the Best Supporting Actor Academy Award. Big time, man. I talked to him. He was in, uh, where was he when I talked to him? He was here, wasn't he? Why can't I remember anything? What's going on with my head? Why is every day a month? Why is every day a week? Did you, how did that, that thing you, make, you made turn out? Did it turn out okay? I mentioned a painting last week and uh, a painting that means something to me of the door of the Air America studio. And I know who painted it. It was painted by Kristen Anderson Barrick. She was a fan of the show. And she made the painting. It's now hanging in my house, along with other stuff, painting by Scotty Young of me interviewing Fozzie Bear. I've got a Drew Friedman um, caricature of me. These are my prized possessions art-wise. Very exciting. That's what I've been doing. I've been trying to set up that office, and it's I like sitting up there. It's coming along well. But I have a lot of stuff, man. It's, it's like this never-ending process of going through a lifetime's worth of stuff. All my stuff has never really been in one place like it is now. I had a lot of this stuff in the garage, but I also had a storage unit. So now everything of me is around. And there's a lot of stuff that I feel like there's pressure to be emotionally connected to it, like paraphernalia from TV shows I've done and stuff, like the backs of chairs. And I don't know what to do with that stuff. I don't really want to make a trophy case. I don't know what to, I'm not, I'm not going to hang this stuff up. I don't know. There's only a few things I want to be reminded of. I have, what, I have glow calendars and glow paraphernalia that, I mean, I did that show and I think that the show itself is enough for me to be connected to, but all this all these little tchotchkes and things, they build up over the years. Things people send me, fan art, tchotchkes, things from shoots, uh, laminates. All the, How do you decide what you really give a shit about or what you're emotionally attached to? You go through it and you realize like, oh, okay, yeah, I remember this. Right, that was when uh, 
Oh, that was that wasn't a great time. But I have all these notebooks full of stuff. I'm never going to read them, but you feel this desire to hold on to them. So now I come up with this great idea. I'm going to file everything. That's my solution. No more stacks, files. I'm going to file things under little notebooks, big notebooks, legal pad pages from different points in time. My stamp collection. You didn't know I had a stamp collection, did you? I didn't either. I kind of did, but I didn't really think about it much. But I was one of these people, I still kind of am sometimes, but I haven't lately. If I'd go to the post office and I'd see a nice kind of cool new panel of stamps, you know, they're all in one uh, of, uh, you know, the, the sheet of stamps. For a while there, they were doing actually pictures with the with the stamps themselves. I've got some of that stuff uh, from several years ago. Who's it worth anything to? What am I going to do with it? Like, I have things where I look at it, it's like, this is probably a collector's item. I could probably sell this for a lot of money. Somebody would want this. I don't know what to do with it. I, I keep it not because I'm emotionally attached to it, but because I know somebody else might want it. Or I could just throw it away, or I could throw it back into the, the great tide pool of uh, used garbage. That's you could always I could always do that. Who am I talking? Who am I calling you? I could just put some of that stuff into a goodwill thing, but that backfired once on me. I put a poster that somebody sent me, or a piece of art, a framed thing. I gave it to goodwill, and it made it back to the guy, and it was very insulting. So all books that are signed, that are sent to me and signed, I have to keep. All pieces of art, I have to keep. But the stuff that isn't labeled as such, maybe I should go lowball it. Give it to Goodwill and let somebody discover it and be like, what an amazing find. How rare do you find this? What would that be? This is a notebook of Mark Maron's writings. Who? Mark Maron. This is a little uh, moleskin notebook that I got at the, I found it at Goodwill. So you can't write in it. You found a filled up notebook at Goodwill and you bought it. It's Mark Maron's. I don't know that guy. Mark Maron, the comedian, this is his scribblings. You can't read them. But I know it's his because he he, he, signed, he put his name at the front of the book. This is so cool. Mark who? How much you pay for it? $2. $2 for a notebook you can't use? It's Mark Maron's. I don't know who that is. Maybe I'll keep it. I'll file it. I have a panel of Star Wars stamps. I have a, a, a panel of uh, Jimi Hendrix stamps. I have some John Lennon stamps from another country. I didn't know I was a stamp collector, but clearly I have a small, um, probably highly valuable collection of stamps. I have the Blues uh, Master stamps. I have the Superhero stamps. I just buy them on the way out. I don't know. What are they worth, man? I have the commemorative stamps of Charles and Diana's wedding. Yeah, I bought those when I was in Europe at the time of their wedding, I was in France as a younger man. And I'm like, those commemorative stamps, they're going to be worth some money. I guess it's just in my head. I had a stamp. I had the uh, stamp collecting book. I had my dad's stamp collection when I was a little kid. And then I had the little collection where you had to have that those weird little sticky, the, the little hinges that you had to lick and put one on back of the stamp and one in your stamp book. I never had anything valuable. Just, you know, you're just waiting, man. Maybe someday, maybe someday I'll find the upside down plane stamp. Maybe the upside down plane stamp is in my future. That's what trains people 
to find garbage that's worth millions of dollars. It's like they start you young. It's like stamp collecting, coin collecting. Maybe you'll be the one to find the gold doubloon from the pirate booty. Huh? Maybe you'll be the one to find the Hitler stamps. Huh? Maybe it'll be you. This will set you in on a lifetime of poking through shit at flea markets and goodwills. Maybe you'll find that that thing at that garage sale that's worth a billion dollars. Hey, what is this? What's this? What's on this napkin? Is that does that say Picasso? Shh. How much is the napkin? The napkin with the doodle? How much is the napkin? How much? Two dollars? Shh. Holy shit, dude. Here you go. Thank you. It's a fucking Picasso napkin. Dude. This is going to be... Dude. It's a fucking Picasso napkin. We're taking it over to MoMA today. Yeah, hi. Is there somebody here we can talk to about this napkin? It's a Picasso napkin. Um, No. Isn't this MoMA? Museum of Modern Art? Yeah, but this is just, we just, this is for tickets to get in. I got a Picasso napkin. Check it out. Dude, show them the Picasso napkin. $2 we paid for it. Okay. Do you guys want to go into the museum? Who do we talk to about this Picasso napkin? Maybe you go to an appraiser of some kind? That napkin doesn't look old enough to be a Picasso napkin. It's totally a Picasso napkin. Okay. Do you guys want to step aside so I can help these people? Hey, listen, this is an interesting thing. When I was talking uh, last week or whenever it was, Monday, about how I have that feeling of like, wow, this is great, and it's coupled with the feeling of like, what difference does it make? Doesn't matter. Like, any joy that I have is tempered by the idea that, you know, um, who cares? We're all going to die. It's meaningless. But I feel, but I love it. Doesn't matter. It's going to go away. That. And my producer, Brendan, thought it might be trauma, which is possible. Might be just straight up existential observation or neurosis, which is which has been with me a long time. But someone brought up, and this is a spin that I enjoy and I wouldn't have thought of. They said, the meditation is working. Like that is the first step to realizing everything just is. And you're in it in the moment that you can look at life as it is all at once. And that is enlightenment. So when I go, man, man, I feel pretty good, but who cares? It's going to be over soon. I'm on the verge of enlightenment. Don't call me negative. I'm about to be a fucking Buddha, baby. And don't shoot me. If you find the Buddha, kill him. Don't kill me though. I'm I'm never going to be a real Buddha. Come on. I'm not going to let myself get that heavy. So, Sammy the cat is now officially out of his fucking mind, full on cat, does a sideways crab walk, sideways Sammy. I've got this bathroom with this weird tile and it seems to fuck with his head. So he does the sideways crab walk, the hoppy crab sideways Sammy. And Buster and Sammy are starting to do a thing together, getting to know each other, which means uh, Buster kind of pops him in the head a couple of times. Sammy rolls over on his back, gets submissive, lays himself out and basically says, come on, man, it's just me and you. We're the only cats in the house. What, are you going to be a dick to me? I mean, I'll take it for a little while, but let's fucking jam. 
Let's fucking get on with this. Let's have some fun, old man. Buster's like, I'm not old man. I'm only five. Yeah, well, I'm fresh. I'm fucking two months old, so you're old, bro. Let me fucking run you ragged. Hey, just take it down a notch, punk. Hey, don't hit me like that. I'll fucking stand right up. I'll take it. I'll take it. Look at me. Look at me. I'm taking it. I'm taking the hit. I'm still right here, bro. I'm still right here. All right, all right. Just I get it. Just relax. Hey, leave my tail alone. Hey, leave my tail. You want to go? That's what's happening. Reminds me of many of the relationships I've been in. Just waiting for them to realize I'm I'm just annoying and it's going to be that way. And either you love me or you don't. Daniel Kaluuya is is here on this show. The new movie is Judas and the Black Messiah. He plays Fred Hampton. He's great in it. He's great in everything he does. You've seen him in a lot of things. Um, Get Out, Black Panther, Queen and Slim. So he's an Academy Award nominated actor right now for Best Supporting. Just won the Golden Globe. And I, I enjoy talking to him. So this is, uh, I'm going to share it with you. I'm going to share it with you right now. All right? He's also about to host Saturday Night Live this weekend. Talk about that, too. It, we talked about a lot of stuff. It's surprising. You'll be surprised at who who influenced him the most. Listen up. Me and Daniel Kaluuya. Sometimes I wish I paid more attention in school or in some cases, any attention at all. There are probably a lot of things I could have gotten more out of, like literature. And now it's probably not in the cards to go back to school and study the classics. But luckily for us, there's a new podcast called The Foxed Page that dives deep into the best books of all time. This is basically like the best possible college English class, but more relaxed and fun. No pressure of grades or needing to prepare something to say in class. It's only the books you want to read and know about presented by best-selling author Kimberly Ford. Everything from Cormac McCarthy to Madame Bovary, from classics like Frankenstein to modern hits like Lessons in Chemistry. I love Ireland, but I missed the boat on James Joyce. The Foxed Page has a three-part series on Dubliners, and that's a pretty great starting point. Want to get the most out of what you read? The Foxed Page is for you. Get it now wherever you get your podcast. Podcasts. Hello. Hey, man. What an honor. It is an honor. It is an honor for me, sir. Wow. Feelings mutual. I, I think I saw you. Where is that on Sunset? The comedy. The comedy store. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that the the red one? Yes. Yeah. The, yeah. The, the dark, horrific castle of dark comedy. The- yeah, I didn't. I didn't see you perform, but I saw you when I was walking in because I think I was switching Neil Brennan. And then, yes, um, that makes yeah, sense. And, and Donnell, Donnell Rollins was on that show. Donnell, yeah, Neil, yeah. yep that that would have been me. But you yeah. remembered me walking by because I was exuding negative energy, or was I pleasant? Did I say hi? No, no, you. I just know your face. <laughs> I, I listen to this. I listen to your podcast. I know your face. So it's so funny when your assistant was like uh, making sure that. Uh, we we didn't uh, we weren't using any video, but she was sort of like, "You're not using any." I'm like, "No, we don't use any video." It always is weird to me because I'm like, "Do we not know something? Is he going to show up without hair? What is happening? Is there?" It's <laughs> <laughs> like an, I'm an alien. It's exactly. like an alien. It's like an alien being. This is me without all the makeup, man. I'm not yeah, from yeah. here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
you're in where are you did you move here Ma, i'm not still i'm still on the move i'm not i'm still figuring out where my base is i go back and forth to la and london but it's kind of it's weird because of the pandemic yeah um you, nothing usually shoots in la so la is just a place to be and then you go to i don't know cleveland or chicago or, or and now because of the pandemic not a lot of things are filming right so you're just in oh, LA yeah. or in London. So you're in one place for a period Hanging of time. around. Hanging around. But I don't mind it. I kind of like it. I kind of like yeah, it. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I think I understand retirement. I didn't think I would, but I, I think I do now. I think I understand. Are you, are you, are you thinking about retirement now? Are you, are you, are you, is that what you're, space you're heading? I think, I think what I'm thinking about is like, I'm pretty good at doing nothing. Um, like, I don't mind just having the whole day to think and dick around in my house mm. or do little things. I don't, I don't mind it. You? Yeah. I love it. It's one of my favorite things in the world. I realized in this pandemic, I realized I actually like me. I can't really like, I, I like, I think I'm, I think I'm pretty chill. I like what I'm into. So I kind of like, oh, that's interesting. That's interesting. And I go into this direction, that direction. I, I, and then like, it will just, you wake up, I wake up really early. I still wake up like 6 a.m. and then 4 p.m. comes and I've just not really done much. And, but I've done a lot, but it's like more of just like going, wandering here and there yeah. I, I especially love the beginning of the pandemic because no one really knew how to work right or do anything so it was kind of like you had more you time yeah because no one so. was doing anything you didn't have to be in a competition you didn't have to resent anybody no. it was just sort of like level playing field everyone's terrified and not working yeah that was, uh, that's usually that's how, that's how the western society works yeah so look congratulations on winning the prize uh, the golden globe prize thank you thanks Mark was that uh, was that something? How could that not be great? Were you, it's exciting, right? Even if you pretend like you don't care, you do care, right? What's caring? Does it mean something to you? Mark, the journey's the goal. You know what I'm saying? That's the, I how do. I feel. It's, it's so it's that. That's how I feel. It's like kind of like, oh wow, like look how far I've come. Is how I, I kind of process. Yeah, process those kind of moments. You're like, wow, like it's such a kind of. I see it more as checkpoints, and go, wow, this is like wow, I really was just like saying to a friend at a bus stop that I wanted to do this. And now I'm in a, a house in LA winning a globe. That, 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 that you go, wow. That's what you kind of take in the kind of like, it's such a moment when like, this has happened. I this think that's happened. true. Yeah. So it, in terms of the globe in, in, uh, it's really interesting. Cause I, I, it's like you win the Golden Globe, but because it was at your house, you didn't have the experience of winning the Golden Globe. You didn't actually right. have the whole thing around it. So it's a, a very different experience in that sense. I, feel, I actually liked it. I just vibed out and just chilled. And, and, and yeah, it's a, it's a, it is a very odd uh, reality that you know, no dressing up, no red carpet, no photographs, no people going, Daniel, over here, Daniel, over here, Daniel, yes. Daniel, yeah. over here, Daniel. Yeah. Uh, you missed but that's that the part. weird reality. That's a weird reality as well. <laughs> the, the, the norm is weird. That's my thing. It's like whenever when I was when the first red carpet, people were shouting at me, "Smile, smile!" I'm yeah, like, yeah. No, Daniel, over here, over here at the hand. Daniel, snapping like, yo, their it's like is it, you want to see someone smile. Tell a joke. Like, yeah. it's just like tell a joke. Don't say smile. What kind of smile are you getting? But, oh, you got yeah. uh, you got it. You got to work on the smile. I never was able to. Uh, to kind of uh, figure out what it, the exact red carpet photo shoot smile was. I always have my mouth half open. I'm never happy with it. But some people you notice, they, they obviously have the fucking smile nailed. They got it worked out. Yeah. They know exactly what muscles to do. They know they, they have a set smile. You don't have one? You haven't put any thought into that? 
No, I haven't put any thought into that. Good, good, kinda, good. I just, I just kind of go, let me keep the neutral face. Let me just go. Neutral mm, face. That's mm, good. Mm, and then we're out. Right. If you make me smile, you make me smile. I just want it to be natural. Whatever right. it is, I want it to be natural. I, th- I think neutral face is good. I go with the non, uh, the closed mouth smile. That's my, that's what I do. <laughs> this, the slight grin, you know, like this. Yeah, that's what they call it, the smiles, right? The smiles. Yeah, something like that. I, I, I don't know what it is. It's, it's just, it's just short of being angry. Just a kind yeah. of slightly no, that's not true. I, 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 well, it's I kind of kind of constipated is what you're saying. It's a kind of constipated. Sure, okay, yeah, fine, yeah. I'm not letting the joy out. If that's no, what constipated not. means, no, you are sure. not letting shit go. You are not letting <laughs> shit go. I do hold on to some shit in my heart, there, buddy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So. I was wondering about like how to start this because like I always like I've been talking to uh, English people lately and I I seem to be uh, getting along with them better. Um, <laughs> I don't know when that happened, <laughs> but <laughs> it wasn't that I was judgmental of English people. I just always assumed that there was some part of me that when I was younger that the way they talked made me believe they thought they were better than me, whereas opposed to it was just the way British people talk. So. It's gotten much better, and I've been surprised lately by the, my British experience. I had Hugh Grant on, and that guy made me laugh a lot. I was not expecting that at all. Mm-hmm. Have you ever met that guy? No, I've never met him, but I'm seeing these recent interviews. That guy looks like a real guy, Hugh he's, Grant. Like, he's a funny he just, guy. Yeah, yeah, but he just no, but he has like an authenticity to him that I, I was quite surprised about. Yeah, me too. Like, oh, Dude. man, he's a, he's a real brother. And yeah. I kind of like his energy. Yeah, I think that was, uh, I, I don't think he was always that, but I think it's come to that. But I have no sense of the city or how people, you know, grow up there or live there. Can can you tell me, like, what part of town you grew up in? What, you know, what was the story? I grew up in Camden Town, well, Camden. And that's um, part of London? It's part of London, Northwest London. And like, so basically on the borderline, like I grew up on the borderline Camden and Island. Grew up on a, what you, what you guys would call a project. Oh, really? And then, so yeah, housing, like we call it, we call it estates. That's so a much uh, nicer name. They... Yeah, I'm realizing now. But we back, well, the thing is, that was thinking. That's estates. It's kind of like when when you're honest. When I my my memory of an estate, I never called it an estate. You'd call it flats. Yeah, you'd call it the flats and stuff. So I think the estate came like when I was like more late teens. Then I think that's what middle class and upper class people call it. So then you just go, oh yeah, it's the estates. So but then, then we started calling them estates. But I don't, I don't know. But I just remember I didn't really consciously call it, oh that that estate, that estate. It sounds like something they labeled uh, them to uh, feel better about themselves. And yeah, like rough area, Camden. Yeah, Cam, rough area. Like a lot of, lot of, um, lot of characters. Lot of, a uh, lot of grew up around a lot of people. Lot you of got brothers characters. and sisters. I got older sister. Yeah, I yeah. Got a couple. Yeah, got a couple. I got two sisters in Uganda. Yeah. You got three well. sisters in Uganda. No, I got two sisters in Uganda. Really? One in, yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you? Do you travel there? Have you been there? Yeah, I've been there. I've been there a couple times. Like, um, but when you go there, you go there like six weeks at a go. So you're just there. So it was oh. quite an intense, um, it was quite an intense time. Yeah. You can't just, you, it's not a weekend trip. <laughs> no, you got too many family. I got too much family for all that. I got too many family. Like you have to basically, you're like, you're going and you're visiting probably three homes a day for yeah. like two weeks. And then you can have a break and a holiday, but it's like, boom, 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 boom. You're like seeing everyone giving gifts, seeing everyone giving gifts and saying hello, boom, 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 eating food. Yeah, you gain a lot of weight, you eat a lot of food. Who lives there from your family? Your two sisters and you just My have two a- two sisters, yeah, yeah. And your yeah. father's there? No, no, he's dead. Oh, he's dead? When did that yeah, happen? Yeah. It happened when I was a kid, yeah. Sorry, buddy. No, that's all right, it's all right. You're doing it, it's cool. But, so, uh, so the sisters are there. Now, when was the first time you went there to Uganda? Seven years old. 
And then did seven you go? Seven years old, I went to him. Did you go back uh, like later in life? Yeah, I went I went back seven, went back again at fifteen, went back again at twenty-two, and went there like big chunks of time. And then like going to Uganda really changed my perspective on life. I can't like, imagine. Like you kind of go there, and then it's you know what it is. I went there. I went there first time. I went there I was seven. Reality check. <laughs> I remember yeah. the electricity cut out. Right. That's a reality check as a seven yeah. year old. Like you kind of. I'm watching football. Watching my team's Arsenal. Yeah. Yeah. Watching football, and then I'm like, yeah, like, I can't believe I'm in Africa and I'm watching football. Then electricity cuts out. Yeah. I'm sitting there to my cousin. And I was like, what happened? He said the electricity cuts out. I said, well, well, put it back on. <laughs> Yeah. He said, we can't. I said, why? He said, because it's out. I said, when is it coming back? He said, I don't know. <laughs> bro, I cried so <laughs> deeply, bro. I was like, where was happening? And then an hour later, I was like, bro, they put some candles out. We started speaking. We started talking. I was like, oh, wow. I didn't really need to. It didn't, it's not needed. Like, right, just, right. it's just like, it's a, it's a tool. It's not necessarily, but you, I was made to feel that way. I was, I felt that way at seven. Right. I felt that way. And it just educated me. And like, that's not the case. I just have, a, I had a lot of experiences that challenged my perception. Yeah. And then that, that, like the way I live my life is just a way is not the way. And um, yeah. Well, it must be completely different culturally down there. I have no idea what, I have no idea. It takes me a long time to learn the history of anything. I just had, uh, you know, Serge Tank- Tankian on who is in a, the system of a down the band and he's Armenian and he had to educate me about, you know, Armenia, I don't like, I guess it's because I live in the United States and I'm, you know, uh, I have a, 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 a sort of entitled brain or whatnot, but I've, I have absolutely no sense. And I guess you probably didn't either when you went, when you were seven, what Uganda would be like. I had a sense of the vibe and the energy because when I grew up, essentially in your house is Uganda. <laughs> it's a Ugandan culture. It's everyone's, it's a Ugandan vibe. So I, it, it, it was like a country version of my home. Right, right. And like, and then, so then, and then, yeah. And I was like, and then I was there. It was just, yeah, it was just a reality check and kind of like, and, uh, but I didn't, I just didn't see it. I was, I'm kind of a person that I just go and go, oh, if this is where I'm at, what does this say where I'm at? I rarely go into things with expectations. I just accept, accept what's happening and I'm going to keep moving forward. Well, how is it different? What is it, what is the government like down there? I mean, is it, uh, is it, uh, dictatorship or what is it down there? Do you know? A, I mean, yeah, no, no. It's my seventies in charge. There's a whole Bobby Wine situation. Yeah. Um, and then it's a, uh, it's tough. My seventies been in in charge for a very long time. Um, and um, so I, I'm not into like, oh, I don't like study. Like I, I took took in a couple of things up during the last election. So yeah. I know the bare, bare bones, but it's not. I'm not. I wouldn't say I'm skilled enough to kind of speak about it on a platform, <laughs> on a public platform. You know what I'm saying? So sure. uh, I, I really want to go into that space if I'm not fully equipped. So, but, it's, um, but needless to say, it's it's not a democracy per se. It's a, yeah. He's had he's had he's had power for a while. Let's say that he's had power for a while. Because <laughs> when I was growing up, when I was a little kid, I remember when like Idi Amin was culturally the guy in charge because he made such a global sort of uh, impact like everybody knew who Idi Amin was it was crazy yeah 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 yeah, yeah. my mom I mean, met him your mom I, met him yeah I remember when Last King of Scotland came out yeah I was like oh my mom's King of Scotland and she goes oh I met him I said, what <laughs> what do you mean <laughs> now you tell me that you met Idi Amin like, is now it's like what happened it's like she's like yeah he visited my primary school which is like an elementary school uh-huh. and like he visited and 
she shook his hand. I said, what was he like? He said, he was big. It's <laughs> like, yeah, well, then, like, I can see that. If you're, in, if you're a little girl, I can see how that makes sense. But, uh, but yeah, so, um, yeah, so, yeah, I, I, like, Idi you know I mean, I don't like, the stuff I, I haven't, there's people in my life that I've kind of been exposed to. I'm like, oh, like, I need, I want to arrive to it from an independent thought and perspective as opposed to, because a lot of things in life that you kind of just, you've only heard through other people's opinions on what they sure. think. So I kind of wanted to really educate myself on that um, when I got when I got some time. And so, yeah, but yeah. Did you do it or you haven't yet? I haven't, I haven't yet. I've like, I know stuff. It's like, if I watch Last King of Scotland, I'm like, yeah, that's that's a director's point of view. Sure. I mean, that's sure. the that's a narrator's point of view about it, you know? So yeah. it's like, kind of yeah. go, I kind of go, I take that, but I, I, how can I have an opinion on Idi Amin if I've watched a film or read a couple articles or heard a couple, heard a couple stories yeah. that I've just stumbled across? You know, as opposed to purposely go, oh, I want to grow more about this. I want to learn more about this. But yeah. Well, so did you, your mother left before she could really have a, a, an assessment of his of his leadership or what he did to the country? How old was she when she left? She, um, I don't know how old. She, yeah. Like, she left just before I was born. So oh, really? Just before I was born, she left, yeah. So, um, what Did yeah, she, she leave? Did she run away or did she just want to move? I don't know. I think it was a, a, a light jog. It was a lie. <laughs> <laughs> she was like, I mean, she was late for the plane, is what happened. So she was like, she was oh, like yeah. let me jog, let me jog my way to the airport, uh, <laughs> like uh, whilst pregnant. Um, but uh, but uh, yeah, no, she just wanted a, wanted uh, more opportunities. She just wanted more for me. Oh yeah, she wanted more for her family, and and she just decided, yeah, let's go. And um, what did she do when you were growing up for work? She like she works with kids. She was oh. special needs kids. So oh, really? So she, did, she did that, yeah. She's got great energy. She must be proud of you. She's cool, man. She's like, she's she's tough. She's tough. Like everything, like I got, it was my birthday a few weeks ago and then she was sent me a birthday card and was like, was like, yo, it's amazing. Da, 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 da. And she never congratulated me without saying, I hope you know what's next. Question mark or, or like, we're looking forward to seeing what's next. Question. Oh, oh the pressure. Always keep, I wouldn't even, you know what it is? I used to feel it was pressure. Mark, yeah. But now I'm just like, you know what? It's the truth. Because like a lot of times you get these kind of instances and it's not, it's not necessarily the thing. If anything comes quickly, it's not the thing. Mm. I mean, it's like, it's like, all right, cool. So like when people ask me before I got Oscar nominated and that, I was like, yeah, it's like a, it's like a master's. You know what I mean? Sure. It's, yeah. it's like you get a master's. It's not like you've completed life because you've got a master's. What are you going to do with it? Right. I mean, how right. are you going to use it? That's how I see these like checkpoints yeah. in, in my life. I go, oh, wow, this is incredible. This fact is coming now. There's a Master P quote, quote. He said, if this white man thinks I'm worth 1 million, then I'm least worth 10. And I see that as the same principle going, oh, wow, if this has come to me now, then what else can I get? Interesting. You know I mean? and what else is there? So, and I think that's a mentality that she really um instilled in me i think that's that's like my sentence because of she's just like is there more yeah you know don't, don't settle you, are, are you able to grow yeah it's like, it's, it's like are you a bigger tree uh-huh like you don't like are you gonna go this is is this my height are yeah. you a bigger tree you're never gonna tell a tree stop growing mm-hmm. it's saying how big a tree, how big can you grow if a tree grows really big yeah at a certain point you're not gonna go oh well you're big enough yeah you're, just, you're, you're going at your own yeah, you know, eventually you say, uh, I, we could build a house out of this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm going to chop it down, <laughs> i.e. capitalism. Exactly. There you go. 
We can spread this tree out without it being alive. Yeah, yeah. Let's make some paper. Let's yeah, make yeah. some money. A lot of paper. Uh, make it, exactly. let's cut this tree and make some money. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So it's that. It's interesting what you say about Idi Amin in terms of trying to find a point of view on him for yourself because it, it, it strikes me that I, I barely knew the Fred Hampton story. You know, I, I, I knew... Like when I watched the movie, I'm like, oh, I I've, I know this story kind of. I remember this, but I had no specifics of it. Mm. And I wonder, you know, you know, like how did you inform yourself or or make his experience your experience in the way that you were satisfied in terms of taking him on? That's a really interesting question. Can I, can I, can I, you say that again? Like, what, in what sense do you well, mean? I, say, I mean, in the um, sense that, like, in the way that you were just talking about Edie, like, you, you know, you hear a lot of stories, you read a lot of, you know, mm. is that, you know, but you you don't really necessarily know if you have your own opinion of him or, or know mm. enough about him to talk about him from your own point of view. But mm-hmm. it seems like in order to play Fred Hampton, that you would have to really absorb a lot in order to, you know, become him from, from, internally and i was just Mm -hmm. wondering you know where did that start and how did you do that because now whether you like it or not you're going to be intrinsically you know tied to fred hampton in the sense in the cultural mind because a lot of people don't know that story a lot of young people don't know that story and you're going to be their point of reference and it's interesting Mm -hmm. you did you did a a great job i thought and and i i was just curious given the way you think and and your sort of uh um your passion for the present you know how did you start the work on that it's, it's it's scary work. Yeah, if I'm being honest with you, it's uh to because I think what you're hinting on is that you get to a point where you have to make a decision mm. <laughs> and go. This is this is this is it, and this is as much as I know at this, this point. This is the guy, and then we're gonna move forward. And you know what I mean, and we're gonna have to move forward in a certain direction. I think because uh, Shaka King, the director of Judas, incredible director, he like. He, I remember he mentioned that the Black Panther had a reading list, so I asked him for the reading list. So in order to be a fully-fledged Panther, you needed to go on six weeks of political education. So I had this reading list. I was reading the reading list before, way before, shoot. And I was just taking it in. Before the green light, I was just kind of, let me, I would, I wanted to read it anyway. Like what was so I was reading it. It was like Chairman Mao, uh, Marcus Garvey, uh, Franz Fanon, uh, a lot of um, communist uh-huh. left-wing fascinating teachings and and strategies and outlooks and ideas and Mm -hmm. concepts and perspectives interesting and i was just and i was just taking all that stuff in and uh and then like malcolm x was on it as well malcolm x biography and and i was taking all that stuff in and i was like oh like it got to a point where i I can't stop being in my head about it yeah I, I, i was reading it in order to kind of i didn't want to look at the panthers and at chairman fred i wanted to look with the Panthers and with Chairman Fred, but I get to a point where you, you're going to have to step up and embody him, you yeah. know, be that vessel for him and look at him as an individual and do the words and, and, and go for the voice. Mm. And, um, and yeah, so you, you start that and then Shaka did an incredible job, like by pushing me, I think a year before the shoot, we did the speeches. He did it. We did his actual speeches. A year? Uh, a year before the shoot, wow. we did his actual wow. speeches. And when I hadn't done any dialect work, I hadn't done anything. It was just a guest in them. And then um, we did that and then uh, we recorded it and it was a lot, it was so important. I, it took me a month to watch it back because really, I was kind of, I was nervous. Mm. But no, I was nervous. I just knew the minute I watched it, I'll start working. I'll start going, that's not, I want to find you now. I want to find you this. This doesn't sound like him. This doesn't sound like him. But it was so important to do it. And then watching it, it was like, it was never as bad as I thought it was going to be. 
and then, and then you just kind of go, all right, cool, this is manageable. And then we just built from there. But yeah, and then with Audrey Lacrone, incredible dialect coach, did a lot of work in looking at his speeches and X, Y, Z. And then I took myself to Chicago, went to Maywood, went to his hometown, um, uh, went to these old schools and his old homes, all these, all these places. And it was, it's like, it's like a treasure hunt. You don't actually know what you're looking for. Yeah. You know, you're like, you don't know. You just know, I want to be in a space. I want to be in an environment that allows me to think in a certain way. Do you know what I'm saying? It allows me to make decisions and grow something and move me. Right. Cellularly move me and spiritually move me in his his space. Because I would look at his speeches and go, I want to move an audience the way I feel moved by him. Were you able to understand the, the social and political momentum and message of of the Panthers in, in, in terms of truly believing them? I think I, I believed it beforehand. Like I just didn't, <laughs> yeah. I just didn't, I just didn't have those words. I didn't yeah. have those. I was, I wasn't exposed to that material, but I knew nav- being a young black man navigating a Western society, navigating a majority white space most times, there is a, there is a frustration, especially if you love yourself, especially if you respect yourself, there is a frustration of the resistance that you get from that. I mean, and like you, you, and that it creates a, mm, you know what I mean? It creates yeah. energy yeah. that, that I feel the Panther, Panther party represented. Yeah. So when me taking that in, it allowed me to, it was almost soothing to me. Yeah. It was like, it felt, made me feel less crazy. It made me feel like, yeah, like I don't feel like I'm, I'm wild to be in a world commanding what my spirit is. Exactly. <laughs> I'm not just like I'm just I'm just being what I am. You know what I'm saying? I'm not I'm not even what it's like that it's the audacity for people to believe that it's theirs to give to me. Yeah. You know I mean, how can you yeah. give that to me? Yeah. How like it's like it's I am that. If and that, and, that, and and so they and they they embodied that. They had the words for that. They had this the 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 kind of strategies and the plans for that. And they did it through feeding kids. You know what I'm saying? Feeding kids with a breakfast program, with educate educating kids with like free medical care, yeah. you know what I mean, in Chicago, yeah. with like with all the number and with the Rainbow Coalition, it was just like, it was a, a level of empowerment. So it was just like, oh, wow, they this already happened. How, my feelings already happened. People already did it. it. It's just deepened what was already there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. it's how I felt. It just, it's just, it's more in my body. It's more in my, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know right. I mean, it's like, yeah. it's like, it shows how dangerous fear can be. Right. And people are scared. And people, these people are scared. Yeah. These people are petrified. And it's dressed as hate. It's yeah. dressed as hate. But it's it's the, the 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 naked body is fear. That's probably what is opened, not opened, deepened. I know this. It's not something that I'm like, I'm like, I've like learned. It's yeah. like something navigating, really navigating and really in London, really occupying the black spaces. And it's probably it's it's and it's you know, England's a white country, so it's it's quite pronounced over there with that discrepancy, but probably in a more subtle, polite way that um um the oppression. But it's um but yeah, it's uh, you 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 know what what they what's possible and what they can do if if fear takes in if fear takes the driving seat. Right. I'm very I know everything is possible if fear takes the driving seat. Yeah, I I like I just recently have become more in the last five years the difference between 
the 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 sort of class system and also be, between you know colonialism and slavery being the foundation of of the racism in the two different countries like i i you know i don't know that i why i would never have i just got, I guess i didn't grow up understanding colonialism or really taking in the the damage that that sort of reaped on the whole thing yeah cuz you know british are great their 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 branding budget in terms of racism is amazing so it's like <laughs> like um so <laughs> they make you feel like I mean, you feel like that ain't really happening. You know what I'm saying? It's like it's not really happening. You know, God, it's God. It's Christianity. It's, yeah. it's not. Boom, read this book, and it's God. This and this. Listen to this. And this yeah. and that. Yeah, 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 yeah. We just want. We just want all. Yeah, everything. We want everything. We want yeah. everything. I, we'll give you independence. We'll give yeah. you independence. You're independent. You're independent. Yeah. But we control everything. Right. everything. You're independent. <laughs> no, 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 you're free, you're free, you're free. It was in the sixties, you're free. So it's it's like um and and so yeah, it's there's a uh, I'm I speak English, you know what I mean. So it's uh it's uh you speak English, you know, and yeah. you're not in England, you know. That's there's a lot happening. You know what yeah. I mean? That's in plain sight. <laughs> you know what I mean, it's like <laughs> so it's uh it's just like you got to just look and yes. go look yes. what we're doing. You know what I mean? It's like um and and yeah, that's the the power of of that way level of thinking and how deep the intention is yeah. from that space the and empire that runs deep yeah 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 it's just that and then i think true revolution is internally revolting that yeah internally you know what I'm saying and going no 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 i don't buy by that i don't buy by that i don't buy but you in order to revolt you got to see it and some things you some things you think that is empire that is actually you you look at it as you yeah but it's actually something that is, is used to yeah. control you internally so you keep on it. So I'm a firm believer by in in a in a revolution, in an evolution. You know what I'm saying? In order to kind of just be yourself. It's an occupier in your body. And you have it's to a host. A ho- yeah, you're hosting like you're a, a virus. Hosting. Yeah. It's the real pandemic, my guy. Colonization. I, yeah, I I agree. But uh how was it with how'd you get along with Lakeith? Good? Yeah, no, Lakeith's cool, man. Lakeith's cool. I mean been from we go way back now. You do? I mean, we, yeah, we met him. I met him just before we shot Get Out. Uh huh. Just before we shot Get Out, I saw him at Sundance, and then, and yeah, we just we just on this. We kind of like have these really kind of. I feel like we're on the same journey. Uh, yeah. We have these we kind of times where we meet and we're doing something random. Remember, we was like doing like a mon like monologue for like South African kids, like like yeah. the Ray's Chariot at Carnegie Hall. But we was in the same dressing room. It was like yeah. you have these kind of moments and like, wow, this has happened. Wow, this has happened. So get out and Judas are two very um yeah, significant moments. It's like I found his character to be, you know, the the idea of selfishness and and self-preservation versus community and uh and community preservation is it was like I thought it was I thought it was a really smart script man yeah no it's a, it was really intelligently written by shaka king and and will burst and then the lucas brothers it's there it was their idea you know i know those guys brothers? yeah of course yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. it's there it was their idea and um it was it was such an interesting way to get into it and really really kind of see chairman's politics in debate and in conflict with the fbi ideology and lakeith being lakeith o'neill being a host for that ideology yeah. You know, so it's um, uh, in that sense, it was you can kind of understand more about, you know, I always say that in order to see who Chairman Fred is, you got to show who he isn't. Yeah, and that's like the point of um, William O'Neill in this film, is right? To, 
is to amplify Chairman Fred. Right. Did you talk? Were you able to talk to his family at all? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the Chicago trip, I went to the Chicago trip in order to talk to the family. Couldn't on that trip because of legal stuff and pol- politics and stuff like that. Yeah. So, and we went a few weeks later with Dominique Fishback, who plays Deborah Johnson, Mama Cool in the film and all the producers and Shaka and, um, and Will. And uh, we went there and yeah, man, like we sat down and we had an eight hour meeting. Yeah. <laughs> and that was interesting with Chairman Fred Jr. Um, and Mama Kua. And it was just, I mean, it was in a Hampton home mm. and, uh, and it was intense. It was intense. It was asking us a lot of questions, but more asking us about who we are as people and what's our intentions really? for this, this job and what then what's to you know, this job at this to tell this story and what's our intentions in terms of like in art like what's your why why do you make art why do people make art wow you know so it was very um it was a you had to I had to you had to dig deep and just be honest <laughs> yeah you had to be honest and uh, and I really respected it because he's just like well if you're flipping playing Chairman Fred I, I need to know who you are I want to know who you are so, that was his son it was his son yeah and uh, did you walk away from that feel did you guys feel good about it yeah i felt cool like yeah. I, I felt cool I don't, I don't i don't necessarily assume that if you meet someone once they're like oh yeah we're best buddies or no right cool. right but you, so you, is it, i was just gonna go yeah like he kind of i came out of it. I, I was honest yeah i was just honest i was me <laughs> i was just like this is me this is right. where i'm at this is my wife this is yeah and then like and then he took us to a couple areas in chicago and then we um and then yeah we've kept in we've kept in touch so yeah me That's- and chairman quite regularly so that's cool like it would have fucking like you know outside of like the like now i feel like an asshole for even asking you about the golden globes in light of the life experience you were given because of this you know what i mean you know what I'm no, it's not i don't think you're an arsehole bro i don't think you're an arsehole but it's, and that's what i'm trying to say a lot of times it's like you know what it is i think i said it in a speech it's like when you give everything to something you're just free so it's like it's kind of like it's not even like i don't care it's just like it, you can't like, yeah. Like it, right. the stuff that the stuff that I, I couldn't, I can't open up about the stuff I saw and the stuff that happened after it. Mm. In terms of like, like the cost that it took on your body to play someone like that to be a vessel for someone like that in the way that I did it is a yeah. huge cost. It's yeah. not a joke. But this process deep made me deeply respect acting more and deeply respect the process more because it's no joke. So it's that kind of thing where like when you get awarded, you kind of like. You're happy, but you know, it's just, you just know the cost. You just know the cost. So it's just a different, you're just looking at it at a completely different point of view. Cause you, I'm just like, there's a real, there's a real, I know there's a real cost here. You know what I mean? And, and so it's the, and also, yeah, like that experience and the people you meet is, in, I just find that incredible. When you say cost, like what, in respect, I mean, you, you, you did a great job. You know, you did a great job, but what, what specifically you, what the cost is what it took you through emotionally. Mostly, I had some health issues at the end. Oh, really? Health issues. So it's that thing where, like, I had to, I had to look at that and like pick myself back up. Like, um, so what from exhaustion um, or? Yeah, a lot of things. You know okay. I mean, it was like a, it was like a lot of things. It was a real, you know, a real shutdown. So hmm. it, when you, when you, when you are in that space, you're just like, oh wow, like, like this is the tax. This is the cost. This, this huh. is the cost. So. When something's really expensive, but you really want it, you're like, wow, this is really expensive. Do you know what I mean? And so it's just like whatever you get from it, you're like, wow, no, I know, I know, I know the real value, yeah. like I know the real cost of yeah. going in that direction. So it's 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 almost like a 
it's a humbling experience, like winning a Golden Globe, because you're just yeah. like, okay, cool, like, okay, I get it. It's just that, but I, I had to live it, you know. Yeah. And I'm, I'm just not gonna, right. I'm not gonna. It, 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 when you have those experiences and you give your all and you give all of your heart, you're liberated from the opinions of others outside of you. It, Interesting. It, it's just, it's, it's amazing, and you kind of go, wow, I'm grateful that even like, like, yo, like, I'm gonna go out there, and more people are gonna watch Judas because I won a Golden Globe or got nominated for an Oscar or, right. and the Keith got nominated for an Oscar, the film got nominated for an Oscar. Like that's amazing. But then you're just like, you just, you're just operating on a different, in different. Right. You're right. State. Because yeah, if you go in, what would you say? If you put, if you go with all your heart, you're free. I like that because you, you know, you have to be conscious of that. You know, like that's something you have to learn about yourself and appreciate because you might miss that too. Right. It's, 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 it's interesting. It's like, it's, it's the fear is giving your heart. Mm. You know what I'm saying? It's like you. How many times has fear stopped you from giving all of your heart? So it stopped you from actually tasting true freedom. Interesting, you know. And like the true freedom is really still, is really silence, really. It just is. Like it's just like going to club win. It just is. Something bad happens. Just is. You know I mean it's like it's just like boom. It just is. And so, but it's like you when you give everything, you taste that. You taste reality. You don't taste other people's triggers. You don't taste perception. You don't taste judgment. You don't taste, you just taste reality. You go, this is where it is. They just give him this. These body of people have given me an award for something they have seen. That's nice. That's quite a kind thing to do. That's nice. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, and that's not to downplay it. It's not no, to downplay know, it. It's not downplay it, but it's just like, you just gone on a journey and you've given all this, like this, my heart, bro. Now spirit, like, is that it's all of me yeah is this this is spiritual spiritual idea is this something that do you do you like do you have a practice that enabled you to see things this way in what sense like a meditation practice a buddhist practice because it just or or you know a, a oh, god no, practice. No, no. Just, no, i just that's how you just feel it things. i just feel it like yeah. it's just the truth i felt that when i when i did plays back in the day when i did plays back in the day and i did this play i played a boxer they called sucker punch at the royal court yeah i played a boxer and um, I trained for three months and I lost like 42 pounds in three months. Uh -huh. And I was playing a lightweight boxer. And then the last show, uh, I remember I was like, the lines is, where do I go? What do I do? And then I was there and I was looking at everyone and I was just thinking, and I just like literally broke down on stage. And But I actually worked for the scene. So it was all right. But as you're just looking at everyone. You're like, I really cared what everyone thought. Mm. Like, I really cared. Yeah. And like, and I'll just look at people and they're going to write their reviews. And I'm like, you didn't do three minute planks with me. <laughs> you didn't, you just, you know what I'm trying to say? Like, how can you, like, you're not equipped to, to even capture this. Yeah. Like not even like in a kind of like in a, in an egotist. It's just like, bro, I really gave you my body. I gave you everything. Yeah. How, how can you, how can you put that into words? Just saying, and it was, I was free. I looked at everyone. I was like, everyone, it's whatever, man. How people feel is whatever. Like, I want, I want people to have a good time. I want them to connect. I want audiences to like to trust me as a person that's gonna like give a, a nice vibe of a story and learn something new and interesting. And like, but it's just that kind of going, wow. Like when you give you all, you're just like, meh. Yeah. You take it up and you're just like, but then I realized before I really believed that. I'm like, right, this cast director means this and this, this, that. And this reviewer means this and this position means that. And when you give everything up, bow, all that goes. Right. You don't even look at it anymore. Yeah, I, 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 I can understand that. And I, and, I, and I do, like, I have felt that before. But, it, you know, you're fortunate to feel it. Where have you felt that? When have you felt that? 
Like, I believe that that last special I did, you know, after doing comedy for 35, 40 years was the best thing I ever did. I could see my entire life's work in it. You know, I've been doing stand-up since I was in my early 20s, and I think that's, that special I did last year with my uh, girlfriend at the time directing was really the best work I'd done. And, I, and it felt I could let it go. You know, like I, I, you know I, I, I saw that, you know, I was in it, and, that, and I worked hard for it, and I was, you know, and I, my heart was all in it. And, uh, and, I, and I accepted that. I didn't look at it and go like, ah, oh, why did I do that? Or how come I could have? It, it was the first time that I was like, you know, that's, that's great work. What do you feel shifted in you? Why, what, what do you feel shifting you for you to even allow yourself to give that much of your heart? Well, well, some of it had to do with that woman. And, uh, and then- What was it about the woman that you felt safe? Yeah, yeah. We, you know, we were partners for a while, you know, uh, we were in, involved. In, uh, we were, you know, she, she passed away about a, about oh, a year ago. And I'm so, sorry. so like that was there. But also the gift that she gave me in terms of believing in myself as a performer. Like I spent a lot of time beating the shit out of myself and doing a type of comedy that was aggressive and angry. Mm. Still is a little bit, but I think there was something about her in my life at that time that grounded me in something, right? And that opened my heart. So now, you know, in in light of that, to keep it open, I just did another movie a few months ago where I really kind of like, you know, like you said, I, I sort of honored the acting and, and really, you know, f- tried to figure out what was great about it and what I was... And I went all in, you know, I, I, you know, I did a dialect. I did a guy that wasn't innately me. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't getting, you know, I was, I couldn't just autopilot it. I really had to do the work and I, and I felt better about it. I feel, I feel really like, like something moved in my heart and I'm not completely comfortable with that, but I, I kind of understand what you're saying. I'm really happy that you got to that place though. (laughs) I mean, cause it's, it's, the thing is about that place, it's not supposed to be comfortable. Yeah, that's how you find true comfort. Mm. You know, it's like it's like you kind of feel like oh, they kind of teach you and condition you to feel like everything should feel comfortable in order to grow to your tallest height as a tree. Right? No, you gotta have some rain's gotta come. Sure, some some birds gotta come and and like eat your yeah. bark or something like that. This stuff has gotta happen, and it's uncomfortable growing. You yeah, know what I'm it's uncomfortable being free. Yeah, it's hard. Yeah, and keeping your heart open, buddy. Yeah, but being free is comfortable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's over. Yeah, it's a, yeah, no, yeah, that's true. I don't think understanding that type of freedom, you know, you can talk about that as a word, but you know, if it's personal, it's in your heart. It's tricky business. You know, you you want to try to get it done before you go down. You know what I mean? Down where? What do you mean? Dead. <laughs> Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But then you'll come back. You'll come back and you have to figure out again. This is a whole game, man. This is a whole, like, it's all the computer games got that idea from. If you didn't figure out freedom, all right, here you go, back again. Yeah. Similar coordinates, similar things. Here you go, boom, boom, bam. You've got to figure this out. I think oh. that you just got to figure it. I think you got to figure things out. Did you guys really shoot that last, the, the assassination on the uh, on the anniversary of his assassination? We shot the, the, poisoning, the poisoning scene. We shot that on the 50th anniversary of his assassination, yeah. Um, so yeah, that wasn't, that was, Mark, I've never experienced a day like that, where like my emotions took over my day. Like wow. it was like, I'm usually kind of like put me to a side yeah. when I'm, I'm working and then like, but my emotions and how I felt about Chairman Fred and how I felt about what happened really came, came to the fore and, and for Lakeith in a real way as well. So, um, yeah, and we did the speech, me and Shaka did a speech at the beginning of the day and just honoring him and just realizing that 50 years later, this man still is bringing people together. Wow. You know what I'm saying? In this one room in Cleveland. It's like, oh, it's in like, his, uh... in his house, in a mock up of his house, 
50 years later, you know, and I'm standing here dressed as Chairman Fred. It's a very surreal. And then when I was doing a scene, um, there's the bit when I was doing the scene and like, uh, he has to decide about prison X, Y, Z. And so that, I mean, the, I was resisting to the emotions that I was feeling. Then I realized that like, you just got to accept it and you use it. It's the truth of what's happening. Oof. You got to go lean into it. So a lot of that was part of that, the, the, the kind of intensity of that day. It's, but it's like when you have something that honor, when you're actually engaged in, like it's a very rare experience, but there's, a, it, there, there's almost a ritual element to it that you guys were so aware of that and you were summoning something and you were getting closure and moving forward at the same time uh, in this space of this anniversary. And, you know, it's it, what a rare and uh, amazing day that is to make that. That's choice. what I'm trying to say. It's like this stuff, like, and like what a day that like to experience those kinds of emotions, to even just be aligned, to be on that path. Yeah. You are in a mock-up of his house. Yeah. The day of his yeah. 50th anniversary, filming that scene. Unbelievable. You're just like, you had an experience that you just can't, you can't buy. You yeah. can't purchase. Yeah. You can't, you just have to be it. It's great. And, and it, that is just like, it's incredible. That it was, it was, looking back, it's incredible. And I feel really blessed to be a part of So were you always a, a serious actor or how, when, how, you've been acting a long time, like since you were yeah. a kid? Yeah, since I was like 13, I got into it 13, improv. My, someone like improv. teacher told my mom. Comedy? Uh, yeah, like I got into comedy first. I was doing comedy. I was doing comedy back in the day. I did a lot of comedy shows, a lot of comedy skits. I used to do sketches on um, on YouTube, like used to musical parodies. I used to do all of that stuff. Like majority of my career before Sicario was um, comedy. And um, and like, um, and so, yeah. And, and, and then so improv... In improv, it's like the biggest reaction you would get is sometimes you would make kids laugh. It was a, it was this place called Anna Share, and basically you pay five pounds, and you you go you go and there's just kids that are from estates as well, mm-hmm. and then you kind of go there and it's like for underprivileged kids, and you go there and you kind of like um you have this big stage. I was looking at you, and it's like me and you, Mark, doing the scene. Yeah, the teacher goes first line. Why did you do that? Yeah, and then you got to go right. A thirteen year old doing that is petrifying and if you're rubbish if you're crap yeah yeah they just laugh at you or yeah. they'll text or they'll get bored it's kids watching yeah yeah but it was such an incredible training ground because they were honest right. they were like we don't think you're that interesting right you know what i'm saying and like you got to do something interesting. so i realized that like and i i was a joker at school but I, it took a while before i could really be able to feel confident in bringing that funny element that comedic element into improv and then, so I did that. And then um, you did, yeah, you actually like, did like uh, TV shows, like sketch shows and stuff, right? Yeah, I did Harry and Paul. I did Mitchell and Webb. Is I there did, a uh, rule in England that you have to name a sketch show after two guys or how's? That's, that's the, I think that's a mandate. I think that's the law. <laughs> two white men have to, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's how it is. Yeah. 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 Boris, so, Boris and Tony. Yeah. So that's all your experience was in comedy. That's a trip, man. Because Sicario, I love that movie. I've I watched it a lot. Thank you. And you were great. I love that it. film as well. Thank you. Because like I'm a guy as well who has spent his life in comedy, and like I'm doing serious roles. And like, what is what was your first experience with that coming out of comedy? Because for me, my comedy's pretty serious, but I can be funny. But I'm I'm pretty serious, and I'm pretty you know. Uh, uh, emotional and like when I started to do it feel comfortable with it it was sort of a relief to not be funny 
Yeah, you know what it is? It's like, it's funny. It's funny. It's funny. It's like, I remember I was 19. I did this show called Psychoville. Amazing show. Like, did you watch um, The League of Gentlemen? Have you ever watched that? This British show, League of Gentlemen? Kind of surreal comedy. Kind of obscure. I, know, I, didn't, so I didn't watch it. The yeah. guys that Steve Pemberton, Rishi Smith, Mark Gatiss wrote it as well. And then, uh, and, uh, yeah. And then like, um, they did, Steve and Reese did a show called Psychoville. I did Psychoville when I was like 19. It was a comedy show, like kind of like a horror comedy show. It's really funny, really interesting. And then, uh, and then there was, I was 19 doing it and the director, Matt Lipsy, was doing a scene, like this is how surreal it is. Yeah. I was like trying to get some keys off these Siamese twins in yeah. the van. Sure. That and then like yeah. one of them woken up and I had to kiss him. Yeah. It, was, it was the whole, and then like, and then it's doing that. And then I think I did a line and I, did it in a certain way and I, it didn't ring true to me but I, I just did it and he pulled me to the side Matt pulled me to the side and said Daniel and literally said something that would change my life forever Daniel never play the funny always play the truth and just walked away yeah it was like a boom that's a, a foundation yeah. like no matter what the script is is or what the genre is if I'm playing the truth yeah. and the, the writer's truth and the perspective's truth then so I did this this show called The Fades which is a credible writer Jack Fawn and the, the character's really funny. He's like this geeky guy, yeah? He's really funny, yeah? On paper, you're like laughing out loud. But he doesn't, a lot of funny people don't think they're funny. They're just being honest. You know what I'm saying? And there's like, and so he's just saying the lines in a really truthful way allows the audience to find it funny, is how I felt like. So that's, so then pivoting out into more serious or doing more serious stuff, um, it's kind of both disciplines help each other because when you're doing dramatic things, you are more in tune with rhythm and timing. You know what I'm saying that you understand the importance of rhythm and timing for story purposes for, to hit a certain way. So a beat can hit a certain way because in comedy, it's all, it's all about rhythm and timing. So it's that kind of like, and so that would help that. And then your truth thing would help your serious stuff and help your comedy stuff, which is because serious is all about truth and it will help your comedy stuff. And this is that and the other. So I always had like kind of different avenues because in, when I did improv, I would just go, I would just challenge myself. So a lot of my improv sometimes was serious. I would just challenge myself. You could just play and go, what am I scared of? What haven't I done? Like go there, just do that. Boom, just do that in that way. Just build that, do that in that way and take the scene a certain way. So I, 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 I like diversifying, like the, I would call them flows, like skill sets. and that. Sure. And also like, I think a lot of like what I have learned over from doing comedy, from doing improv, I would imagine too, is that you really learn how to own your space on stage or on screen or in a scene. I think that timing, what you're talking about, that sort of being grounded in what you're doing in your own honesty and taking your time is something that you're very good at and something that's necessary. Thank you. Thank you. But you know what? It's just like, I see that with Olivia Coleman because I don't know if you know about Ooh, Olivia Coleman. Jesus, like, you know so her, good. You know, her back, you know her background is comedy. You know, right? Yeah, sure. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So she like she was in this really big. She was in Mitchell and Webb as well. Yeah. She was in in that show with uh, two white men. With you. And then like and then and then it's, yeah. I actually I met her at eighteen and she gave me the most amazing advice at eighteen and we shared a car. What she was say? so lovely. <laughs> she was. I was deciding whether I was going to drama school or working doing this acting thing. Yeah. And I didn't have. I didn't really. No one in my life was doing acting, so I yeah. didn't really have yeah. anyone to turn to. Right. To ask for advice about what what should I do in my life? I was eighteen. I'm like. And everyone was telling me to go to school and she weighed up the options and was like, it sounds like you want to just do it. And I know that's the, like, it's scary because everyone thinks you're going to mess up, but you can always go back. And I was like, yeah. And then I'll never forget that. She was so amazing. But anyway, Olivia, she's like, what, when you see like someone like Tyrannosaur, have you watched Tyrannosaur? That was the first time I saw her do serious work. 
it's a Paddy Considine film and Peter Mullins in it. It's like a, like an Indian England. And then like, so anyway, she, she's doing that. And then I realized that like her comedy, what happens is, is that, you know, the pockets. Yeah. You just know the pockets. Right. And then when you transfer that, that understanding, because if you're in a funny scene, you just know the pocket. Like, you know, like you look at a scene and go, what's the funniest thing about this scene? All right, cool. Right. Cool. How can I make that hit? Yeah. Sometimes it's not your line. How can I make that hit? I need to hit it like, boop, and yeah. boom. Yeah. So, it's like that. so it's that kind of, so with when she's, when I see her going to the drama space, she just knows the pockets. Like she just knows the pockets. And that's, I think you learn, like you just have to take it because you have to make someone laugh objectively away from you, but you can't find that funny and you have to find a pocket. But the pocket has to do with how the character fits. I mean, it's a definition of character, right? Because yeah. I just watched her and uh, I just watched Fleabag again and she's like a yeah. genius in that. Yeah, and yeah. and it's a completely horrific comedic character. The, the insecurity of it and, you know, <laughs> the self-involvement of it. But it's she plays it completely straight, and it's like yeah. just brutal comedy. That thing, yeah, yeah. And so it's, it's, it keeps it real and keeps yeah. fine, yeah. but knows the pocket that will be the the funniest version of real. It's it's just something you can't. You just go. I see Olivia. I'm like, ah, oh, she just gets it. She just gets. It. I, I I think she's delicious. It's like when she acts, I think I find it delicious. And you she's grew amazing. up looking at watching her, right? Because she was on a lot of television, right? And she's she on stay? TV. Yeah, she was on Peep Show, this show called Peep Show. Yeah, by by Mitchell and Webb, and then like, and it was really, it was uh she was just so funny in it and really, really like she was a leading lady in it. And, and it was just like, it was so amazing to see her pivot and, and, and now become this big star. But it's, um, but yeah, so you, there's a lot of people that you grew up just watching and go, Oh yeah. Like yeah, they were yeah. about, and they were like, they were like Martin Freeman. Martin Freeman is, I think Martin Freeman is the king of pockets. Like, I think he's like, he, he's great. Like, so he, I would say him like, he's almost like a lot. There's so many, he's got so many sons. Yeah. He's got so many sons and so many daughters. His performance in the office, yeah. Yeah. Has so many sons and so many daughters. Yeah. Like because every and like him and Sherlock, he just knows how to hit it. Yeah. Like he just hits it, bro. And it's just like and it's just about it's just and it's like it's it's like it's not happening and he's still still telling the story, but it's still and when you actually engage with him, yeah. It's like yeah. when it's like you know what Martin Freeman's like? It's like when you're watching a game and yeah. you see a player and they're, they're doing their thing and you go, oh yeah, no, it's cool. This is ticking. And then when you watch him, you're like, this guy is incredible. But <laughs> when the game's happening, you can't really see what's happening. But like, yeah, he's got like, I think everyone is like so many comedies, like how people deliver, especially men, how white men deliver their lines is a result of a Martin Freeman idea. You know what I'm saying? It's like, he just went bow, bow, bow in the office and he does this way. And then everyone is, Everyone just took it and ran with it. I think I said it. To, I met him. I said I said it to him. I think he, he was a bit drunk, so I don't know if he remembered. But yeah. Um, yeah. but yeah. So I I I, I to finding pockets. They took the just, drive shaft of Martin. They took the you know the the engine, and then yeah, they, yeah. they 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 worked it into their own engine. Yeah, what's an own But if, they, if the people are just by osmosis, by like subconsciously yeah. inspired by what he's doing there. Do you know what I'm saying? It's like because he because really and truly. Ricky Gervais is the funny man. David Brent's the funny, funny man. Like, and like Martin's character has the story in the office. Do you know what I'm saying? He has the story. It's kind of like Josh, um, John Krasinski in, in the American, like that guy, that character, same character. has a story. Yeah. But he you know like, yeah, he's one of those slow burn guys. And he like, he really kind of his, he takes his time and you know, he, you know, he lets things sit. It's, you know, it's, it's owning that space, man. It's very confident. It's yeah. very confident. You have to be very 
confident in what you do in order to go, I know this is a comedy. Yeah. I'm still going to play it in this way. You know what I'm saying? It's, like, it's an audacious position. That's why I respect it. And I clocked that in Sicario. Again, I was on Sicario and it was all of them. They were just like audacious. They were yeah. like nothing, less. Benicio would be just cutting lines. Less, 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 less. And then I was like, wow, I, I didn't understand it. Because I thought they were like, ah, they cheating? This is like, this is like, but it's that thing where like, it's just like you, you know, you just distill it to what actually matters. And then, but to do that in a comedy is like very difficult. Your instinct is to go, I want to make the crew laugh. You know what I mean? It's like, and, and it's right. just like, no, the audience will laugh when the situation is funnier. And how was the, was that, what was the process like with Jordan? Jordan is amazing because Jordan is like, comes from an improv background. Yeah, I you know. know? So yeah, it was like, it was, yeah. it was so, it was it like, we just kind of get it. We just yeah. get each other and like on set, you can kind of be loose with it and like, and go, yo, this isn't working. And we are both confident that we'll find something new. Right. In the, and like, we'll be doing a take and it wouldn't, and we don't know what is going to work and we just try it out in the take. You know right. what I mean? It's like, it's just that, it's, it's kind of like, it's just very much from the same school of thinking in terms of how so I So you guys improvised it. a lot? Yeah, there was a lot of, and with Alison as well, like Alison contributed a lot. She's got improvisation background as well. So it was like a lot of improv and a lot of like, like even like the give me the keys scene was like improvised. That was like in the moment, like we kind of, it was a whole scene and we kind of took it out to bare bones and it was just like, give me the keys. And we did that. And, and then like, and there was a couple other scenes that a couple other moments are just improv and made up in the moment. And, um, and Jordan is, yeah, he's just like, he gets it. He's like, he, but he's an, he's an actor. Yeah. But also he had like, he, I think he had such a specific vision of what that movie was going to look like that you guys had space. So he knew exactly yeah. what the space he was providing and how it was yeah. all going to fit. Those people who can direct like that, who know that no matter what's going on on set, they're editing it in their head as they go along. So they, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, they have the freedom to take those chances. Yeah. And I think he just gave me space. And for me, it was like, cause the story was so strong. The writing was so right. strong that it kind of allowed me to really practice the, like the art of refinement, like yeah. to give a really refined minimalist performance. So that when it does go tits up, goes fucking crazy at the end, you it's more pronounced because it was so suppressed. Right. Well, him, you did that. You did that. You did the Martin thing. You kind of let it, you just, Bro, it's where, like my inspos. Like, there's a couple of people that I'm like, yo, I like the way I see him. I see it as music, though. I see a lot of people go, I just like his flow. Yeah. I like yeah. his flow. Like, Christopher Walken, I was thinking the other day, Christopher Walken, I see him like Snoop Dogg. There's yeah. no one like him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no one like, because you can't even, you can't even copy it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, if you like, you can't, like, I watched King of New York in a pandemic, yeah. I watched yeah. King of New York, and then I was just like, it did this scene. Have you seen King of New York? Yeah. He did this scene where he's there and he's on the dinner table and he's about to, like, like, <laughs> He's about to say a joke. He's about to say a joke. And then he, he kind of, he, he has a space for a joke, has a joke, thinks about the joke, then laughs at the joke, <laughs> then composes himself about the joke, prepares himself to say the joke, yeah. and then says the joke. <laughs> All in these, like, yo, I'm telling, yo, Mark, do you know how much confidence you have to have to do that? Like to do that in your close-up. Yeah. I'm just going to think this and you will know. Like, all right, like that shit is like, bro, that's, put that in my veins, bro. That's yeah. like, it's just the, like, it's like, yeah, just be present. 
Yeah. Just do it and like go with what you feel. And like the director can cut it if it's rubbish. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm yeah. saying? It's like, but it's like, they just did it. And yeah. it's like stuff yeah. like that. It's like, I see it like, I'm like, that flow is somewhere else. Someone's like, he's on another planet right there. You can't really replicate it. So I can see that Martin, Martin did what Martin was the big inspiration. Like, I can see that pocket yeah. that I, like, it's the way to tell a story and also make the funnier bits funnier by being the real straight man. That's interesting. You know so these are your real teachers, really. Yeah. It's like kind of, it's like you just see something and you're just inspired. Yeah. And you kind of go, wow, like, that's like, I really like that. That's really interesting to me. I really like the way this person did that. And like, it just speaks, to, you're not even, I just watch films because I want to watch films, but you just go, wow, like, that's a really interesting way of doing it. And I would never have thought about that. That's a, that's very unique. And I'm, I'm, I buy it. You can't not be changed by it. You can't, like, you can't have the old idea anymore. You kind of go, when you're doing it, go, oh yeah, that's, there was a whole thing there. You just inspired. You just yeah. moved. I used to feel that way when I watch uh, Dennis Hopper, where you're like, oh my God. It's like a different time zone. These yeah, people, they yeah. operate in a different time zone. You know, there's yeah, yeah. it's their own their own their own planet. They're dictating. Like when you engage with those people, where you watch them, you're like, they're it, it, they're completely uh, unique to themselves. So they can yes. in, they can invent the pace. They can invent the time. They can like it's mm. what you said. It comes from confidence. I think also with some people from you know experience. It seems people get better as they get older. Yeah, but you know what it is, bro. If I'm being totally transparent yeah my favorite actors in the world are child actors yeah they're the best they're the best without a shadow of doubt the minute they turn 13 shit happens and i don't know what's going on and then you, you have to work your ass off to get to like i don't know annie hopkins age and then you're like i'm free i'm a child again yeah. but is that thing we're like but majority of times it's that they kid i would i i'm more inspired by kids performances than anyone else like because they're just they're just there yeah and right. they're really listening right and they really take it it's like that for me is like that I look at certain things I go, I just, there's too much life has happened for me to even get to that point. You know what I mean? It's like, I have to so much to undo to, to get to what this child is, as like, so something like Beast of No Nation. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, with yeah. the Idris Elba film. It's, it's, I think it's Abraham Attar. He's the last scene. I was just like, bro, like this is so pure. Yeah. Like this is just so honest. Yeah. And you can't, you can't teach it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And it's, and it's, I just think kids know it. they, Kids are the best actors. I, 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 when when you get a great kids performance, I'm just like, I'm always really blown away by how simple it is. So, do you like find yourself trying to get past the clutter of your experience when you're getting to the emotional part of a role? I, 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 uh, yeah, I think I, I did this episode of Black Mirror, and the director said something crazy interesting. Yeah, he sat us down, me and Jess Brown Finley, and he did hot seating. He did hot seating with us kind of answer questions as characters and then we just learning about the characters and then at the end it was like hours two hours and it was really intense yeah and at the end it was like all right cool forget about it i'm like what do you mean forget about it like you made me work what are you talking about <laughs> like <laughs> and he's like no nah, like forget about it because like you know yeah. if it makes sense it'll stick right and that's how i feel you do all this work you do this work right and then you just got off a band let it go forget about it you show up on set you are just there and it will show up for you yeah. And it will yeah. show up for you. It's and it will show up for you in a real way because you've created a body. Exactly. You created a body. You mm. created a, a an outlook, a perspective, a way. And it will just show up and it will just show up. All the decisions you made, the intentions, it will just show up. And you don't even realize you're doing it. I look at Judas, I don't remember those takes. I don't yeah. remember. I don't remember the takes. Right. Like we're usually in performance, I'm like, oh yeah, they used that take, they used that take. I remember that day. I don't blanked out. But I literally did go. All right, cool. I'm going to stand here and I've learned all this stuff and I've taken all this stuff in. 
I'm going to just allow the spirit to speak through me. And I'm just going to like all these, all these things you can lean on. It's like triggers to kind of, kind of assist you to stay on path. Yeah. I mean, on what you're doing. Right. Right. Choices. Yeah. They, I wouldn't say choice. Like, I don't even see it as choice. It's like, I, I don't believe I have the power to choose. Mm. I think if I have the power to choose, then you're, you're seeing the performance. Okay. So if you do the so work. So it's like, it's like, yo, it's like the stuff that happens. If that is a certain scene and I've got to do it in a certain way and I feel a certain way, then I'm going to do it in that certain, like I'm just going to do it in that certain way. And I'm going to ask what, ask, that's what I think. I'm going to do it in that certain way. There is no choice being made. That's the way. Right. And it's like, it's the unapologeticness and the audaciousness of going, this is it. Because yeah. I can always stand on that, Mark. Yeah. I can always stand on that. Yeah. So if someone says, oh, if, I, if I'm trying to go, oh, I think this is a choice and this will make them feel that. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm, try- I'm manipulating them. Right. I'm going, right. ooh, yeah, yeah, boom. And if I, if I don't get what I want, then I'm going to be self-loathing and beat myself up. You know what? I'm, I created a process to minimize the self-loathing. Yeah. To minimize it. I, I, I've literally <laughs> actively, I want to be able to watch my stuff and objectively grow and learn from my own performance and go, oh, okay, cool. I know what, that was honest, but would you do that now? Probably not. Why did you do that? Okay, cool. Next one, try this, try that. And then you're like honing, honing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's because that, that, that whole like getting at yourself is, it's, it's, it just ruins what you're doing. I've spent, you know? yeah, I spent uh, more than half my life getting it myself. <laughs> and yeah, then, yeah, yeah. And then eventually, you know, if you're lucky, it lifts, you know, it goes away a little bit. Yeah. And you, you, but I think, I think, I think you can't rely on like it just leaving. You've got to actively oh, decide no, yeah, for sure and right. set up something to help you yeah. with that because it's just like, because it, it, it's just can be, paralyzing it can be you found yourself you found yourself putting something in place to stop your self-loathing yeah it's like i've got like because you i'm going this is my heart right boom yeah Yeah. this is how i see this is what i think this is how i feel yeah without embarrassment without embarrassment and then people have an opinion and they're not they're not saying they're saying what they think they're not saying what they feel so they've got different level of investment right it's going oh this is what i think about how you feel so it doesn't matter so i'm saying it doesn't matter it's just that going if you're thinking of yourself like that, yeah? If you're yeah. thinking of yourself like that and going, I think about how I feel, then you're going to be, that's going to be a lot for you. That's going right. to hurt you. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yes. If you're not taking it in that way, then that's just what someone else is thinking. You're not agreeing with that, the kind of way of thinking. So that's the kind of thing. It's just going, that's how I felt. I look at things, going, that's how I felt. You're not looking outside yourself and you have boundaries. Yeah, I just, and I, I actively like go, okay, I have to give my all. To this and that's why i'm really forensic about the stuff i do because i gotta believe in it sure to help with the low like to help with the process of like no 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 but it's just that kind of go yeah and just enjoy the moment enjoy it i like having fun i do this because i want to have fun if i wanted to make money i'd work in finance you know right. what i'm saying it's like i like i, I want to like be comfortable want to like have a great life and that's expensive nowadays but it's like but it's that thing where like it's about having fun and enjoying yourself so you gotta put system in place and thinking a way to help you with that. I bet. So you're excited about SNL? Yeah, <laughs> I am. I'm buzzing for that. I can't even lie, man. I'm buzzing for that. Because you know what it is? I realize I ain't really got off-screen persona like that. No one really even knows who I am like that. Exactly. So it's kind of, I'm just kind of like, like it's kind of really free in position. So I'm just going to be like just buzzing. You know yeah, I mean? because you've got, and also like, you've got all this improv superpower that no one knows about. Yeah, no one knows <laughs> any idea. That's why like I went to Donald's one. Donald Glover did one. Yeah. And I went to his one. And then I was there and I was like, wow, this is like the biggest challenge 
in the industry. It's like this, 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 this is the process that will make you grow the most. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? It's like, because it's just like, you don't have a show on Monday, you have a show on Saturday. Right. I mean, it's like, that's what we used to do every day. We used to like do improv and like go away. A group of us will go away for 20 minutes and then come back and perform that play yeah. to the, 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 the class. And you just have to have a play at the end of every week. You just right. got to get one. So it reminds me of that. And you just have to show up and kind of, and your fight or flight comes in and you just think of all these ideas and this is that and the other. So SNL doing that, like I'm buzzing. I can't even lie, I'm passing for it. I'm like, I'm ready for that. Do you well, know have saying? fun, man. It's a challenge. It's a challenge. I'm gonna enjoy it. We're gonna have a party. Do you know what I'm saying? I'm gonna have a party. Yeah, why not, man? Well, I, I look, I'm a big fan. I'm glad we got to talk about this stuff. I really enjoy Thank the you, work. Thank I you, like man. all Thank the movies. You. And uh, you know, it was enlightening uh hearing your perspective on this stuff. It's very helpful for me to hear anybody who has uh challenged themselves and realizes that uh, you know, freedom isn't comfortable. No, that's what makes it comfortable. You know what <laughs> yeah, I mean? So, I do, I do. but yeah, and no, I appreciate you, man. I appreciate all the stuff that you're putting out there, Mark, man. You're really Thanks, creating man. an incredible legacy, bro. I appreciate it, man. Take care. I'll see man. you soon. Take care. See you soon. All right, peace. Okay, that was uh, Daniel Kaluuya, and uh, he'll be hosting Saturday Night Live this weekend. You can watch him in uh, Judas and the Black Messiah or. Queen and Slim or or uh, Black Panther or Get Out. Any number of those things. Good actor. Interesting presence. And now you know who his biggest influence is. All right? Happy birthday to my brother, Craig Marin. You made it. Another year. How old are you, buddy? What are you, 55? You're 55. Happy birthday. I love you, man. I'll play some guitar. everywhere.